Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco and Tan, about to set off on a review of March Madness's first week, Italy style. Guys, how are you doing this week? I'm having a, a beard crisis right now. About every six to eight weeks when my beard gets long enough to, if I can't decide whether I'm going to cut it or, or grow it really long because this one part here. Just it's, it's it's bugging me. I don't know how much I can be it's a good focused prob- on soccer today. It's a good oh. problem to have, man. You're lucky. I'm I'm just Patches O'Houlihan over here. I can't <laughs> grow anything out. Well, that's man. the thing is, I'm Patches O'Houlihan if I don't grow it out really long. And I, I don't know if you knew me, Chris, but Marco definitely did when I had just a huge, huge beard. But now, like I'm a all dignified man around town, so uh, I, I kind of got to keep it close, but it's 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 just something that keeps me up at night, so I just want everybody to know that about me out there. Now that you own a home, you have to look like you have a home. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, the, the Barbone look, the, the, the Irish Barbone look doesn't get me too far. I don't know, so podcast people out there, to trim or not to trim? <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't want, I mean, you guys see the germ this and week? Keep it on the face. Yeah. Did you see the germ this week, man? Yeah. Uh, Morganella and the Palermo game, or the Roma game where they played Palermo. I mean, that man, that dude, that man looks like a like a cast member from Vikings that just needs <laughs> to check into meth rehab. He's he's looking pretty pretty gnarly out there. All right, hang hang strong for all the Barbarosas out there, including our own Tad. Um, I gotta say though, you might be facing a crisis right now. Probably not as severe as PSG's. Definitely the soccer story of last week, guys. Did you see any of the highlights with PSG and Barcelona? Yeah. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that that happened. I don't think anybody did. I've just been talking about it with people all week. In fact, I went to uh, some testimonial. Didn't really know people there. Um, You know, I went with my girlfriend and I just started talking to people and, you know, just brought up Barca. and, And, you know, everybody seems to know something about Barca this week. So if you're at a party or, you know, or an unfortunate event, you know, and you need to talk to somebody and not feel awkward, maybe bring up the Barca game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I can't really stomach Barcelona fans basically just because I'm a Roma fan and everybody knows that they became a Barcelona fan. It's like they get into soccer and they're like, oh, you know, which team should I pick? How about the best team in the world that has all the best players and all the most famous players that can buy anybody? So, like, I would say that if you're a Real Madrid or a Barcelona fan or, like, a Chelsea or a or new Chelsea or a, or a Bayern fan, you're basically taking the easy way out as a fan. Um, so how many people out there were, like, when they when PSG was was rocking Barcelona and was going to knock them out this early? How many, how many people out there? Were you guys like, yeah, knock them out? I would, uh, if it was going to be a collapse, it was going to be an epic one. So I don't wish that on PSG, that's for sure. Uh so I feel for them this week. I really do as fans. Just yeah, it's but, rough. But when when PSG was whipping them, and you thought like when they beat them four zero, I mean I was happy with that result. I was like, yes, finally Barcelona can get knocked out early. I'm just sick of the Spanish league just kind of running Europe right for the past couple of years. Uh, and also, you know, this might be one step closer for Verratti to be out the door. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this kind of dovetails nicely. Uh, Verratti, uh, the Italian star, telling his agent, start listening to offers. So might be a, a fire sale here up in Paris. 
um, once uh, the summer the transfer window hits. Yeah, but one of those offers is supposedly going to be a $60 million offer from Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, might uh, join the enemy that knocked him out. Uh, you could see that happening for sure. But other suitors, Inter, Juve. So if he comes back to Italy, that's a big thing for Serie yeah, for sure. I mean, no, no Roma rumors in there for Verratti? Yeah, let's get those started. Maybe Verratti's coming down to uh, the Eternal City. Sounds like my dad. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what we're getting the, at the end of this year? We're picking. We're picking between Messi and Verratti. <laughs> it's a, yeah. yeah, okay, dad. Yeah, and, you know, kind of going on all, all these incidents uh, around the United States uh, with, uh, you know, players partying and whatnot. Apparently, uh, you know, Verratti doesn't take too kindly to uh, the, the French press saying that he was at a nightclub partying with Riri a couple nights before the game. So Riri making another podcast appearance. She apparently loves the European soccer guys with the, 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 the under 24 European soccer guys with Verratti and Dybala. I wonder how Dybala feels about that. Yep. All right. So from Paris, we want to jump down to Florence. There was some big news last week for them. Um, Fiorentina talking about a new stadium. They released a YouTube clip on this and had a big press conference. Uh, really sleek. And, you know, I, I we tweeted out, um, you know, you got the, da- the David up there in Florence. You've got the Botticelli Venus. This might be the next piece of art coming to Florence. Yeah, I mean, good luck. But apparently, the mayor's all on board of this. Um, that says that you know, there's a nine out of ten chance that it gets built. Now, I don't know what the chances are. Probably a one out of ten chance that that guy's the mayor in 2021 when this thing's supposed to be done. But you know, as we get into with Palermo later and their new, just crazy owner, it's good to see that the Serie A is apparently like openly acknowledging with Cagliari on this issue. That you know they need to modernize, they need to update, and you know another English style stadium with you know 40k people, and they're going to supposedly have a bunch of fun stuff around it, like a like a hotel. Yeah. Swear to God, if this thing gets built before the Roma Stadium, yeah, right. I'm out. I'm curious what you guys to think of uh, the the size here. So there was talk with uh, Stadio della Roma being a little bit bigger. This one's holding forty thousand. For Fiorentina is not that big of a city. Is too big just because you need a stadium to hold Europa games. Well, no, I mean, apparently uh, this is going to be super intimate, much like the English style. And I think, you know, a, a, a cool stadium will bring people. Um, but there's there's some talk about with all these stadiums being built that maybe Italy is, is trying to make a push to get the Euros there sometime soon. So, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, look beyond just the league games um, and then 40K. Look, if Fiorentina is having a good season, they're filling that stadium. Yeah. All right, we'll see. So those those are uh, it's basic. It's basically the opposite of the stadium they have right now, which is kind of falling apart and a little depressing to go to. Yeah, I really think it's great. We've talked about new stadiums throughout Syria would be a good thing for the league. Um, really excited that so many teams are stepping up. So we'll see, and we'll have to go to some games there for sure. All right, let's jump into social media, guys. I want to remind everybody out there we've got Curve America on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We've got an email account, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. We're collaborating with ASRoma360.com, so you can find our podcast on there as well. Tad, Marco, who wants to do it this week? Oh, I got it. I'm all over it. Guys, when you're out there in podcast land, if you happen to uh, follow us through iTunes, please go ahead and rate and comment. And even if you're on SoundCloud or even on ASRoma360, go ahead and write a little something. Give us a little feedback. That's right. Or just text Tad. His number is... <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yep. So I uh, appreciate the feedback. Uh, Thomas, always always good on SoundCloud and uh, the, the particularly Twitter. We're getting a lot of feedback there. So appreciate all, all the listeners out there. Let's settle in, guys. We're going to talk about week 28 this week. What are we drinking while we're enjoying the review of week 28? Um, this week, I, I'm abstaining um, from, from drinking until uh, drinking anything, <coughs> any sort of liquid um, until uh, Toti scores another goal in this area. All right. Hopefully. Just water for me. Uh, I got Miami coming up in two days, and uh, I have a feeling I'll be getting my fair share of, of alcohol when I'm over there. Gotcha. I am uh, going with uh, Coca Cola because my throat's a little sore. So. Is that, like, is that like a Jersey thing? Like, yeah, Coke. Yeah, it's like medicine, right? <laughs> Hopefully. So, all right. We hope everyone settle in. Enjoy the podcast. Here we go with the rundown. The Serie A upped their entertainment value this week. Zero ties and 32 goals with epic action in every game. Juventus get another controversial win to keep their home unbeaten streak alive in the 97th minute, by the way. Roma and Napoli both spank bottom-dwelling teams, but is there drama brewing in the front office at Roma? We'll see. Inter features two players with hat-tricks, and the soccer gods have been kind to the pod by gifting us a wild and crazy new owner in Palermo, and his name is not Zamparini. Looking forward to that, guys. Let's jump right into it with the top five. Up first is Juve and Milan. This one finished 2-1. Marco, you got this one. Juventus gets no help from the refs, says no one ever, (laughs) and just barely grabs all three points against the feisty Milan side, like I said, in the 97th minute. Everything about this game is just frustrating if you're not a Juve fan. For us personally, Juve starts the scoring with Benatia. When he scores his goal, he shows off his Batistuta-like mitralleta or machine gun goal-scoring celebration. And it's not just enough that he went to Juve. He also has to emulate one of Roma's icons when he scores. It's just uh, it's just sad. I, I got to ask, did you look that word up or is that just common knowledge? Mitralleta? Yeah. Nah, man, I told you, Batistuta. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If, on, if, if it's an Italian, mitralleta is probably never fired and dropped once. <laughs> But Milan's goal, you know, it's getting me all sorts of hype because here we got darting run from Delefo and he slips in Baca. I mean, Delefo shows his pace. He, I mean, he takes Barzali to be fair and then he's an old man, but he goes on, has like a 40-yard run. Baca goes one-on-one with Uncle Gigi and he gets the nutmeg finish. He's got 12 on the season, guys. It's, uh, it's Baca time. He's back. Dude, these two guys playing together over the past three weeks, have been really compelling to watch. Milan should really consider about signing Delefo permanently, keeping Baca on, and having this kind of be their primary way of scoring goals, or at least what they're going for. The, the couple goals in this game, but all the hype this weekend has been revolving around the PK at the end of the game, 97th minute, whole lot of stoppage time. And before we get to that, guys... Juve was really barraging the Milan goal. I mean, look, Iguain tried just about everything in his bag of tricks. He took six shots. He had half bikes, half volleys, outside and inside the box. I mean, you can tell that he's starting to get a little nervous because his fellow countryman, Icardi, who just got called up to the national team, he's scoring at will. I mean, in current form, is Iguain or Icardi the hotter striker? Well, 
Icardi has more goals in the Serie A now, and Icardi makes up makes up for more goals from his team than any other team in the Serie A, at least at least the percentage. I mean, it's really tough to say because you know Iguain could come back next next week, and then you know who do they play here? They play oh Samp. they play Samp. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting game. But you know he could have a he could have a hat trick. So I mean, obviously, if we're looking at the last two weeks, Icardi was he scored five goals. So five to zero, you got to you got to give the nudge to uh, to Icardi. But you know both of them just Argentina is totally stacked right now. Jeez, I'm still eating crow on Icardi, so I'm going to give him some credit here uh, from the beginning of the season. That's right. Anyways, as I mentioned earlier, 97th minute, balls played in by Lick Steiner. It hits Decilio's hand. I mean, you know, there's no way it was intentional. Ref calls the PK. Dybala converts. And, uh, you know, we're back to the old question here, guys. Uh, is you Does Juve have these refs in their back pocket? I mean, I personally think that this one was actually a handball. But obviously the fury of Serie A, Donnarumma saying, you know, always Juventus, this and that. These these calls happen. Well, the, I mean, everyone's saying, and the, the every, all the big players they they dug into their quotes um, over the you know through the years as to how they feel about Juventus and you know their quote unquote luck, and it's always Juventus. You know, it's, it's a lot of talking about how if there's a 50-50 call, it always goes Juventus's way. Um, you know, after the game, apparently, uh, one of the Milan players uh, vandalized a couple of the. Uh, the Juventus banners, calling them cheaters. Um, you know, I mean, just just so much drama here. Right at the end. I mean, kind of the thing is, is, is should the game have been going on that long still? You know, it seems like they get, there's there's multiple things going on here. Should should the game still have been going on? Was it a handball? And I think, you know, if, if you're Juventus and you have their past, one, you're the winningest team in the history of Italy. So haters going to hate. Um, Lord knows I will. Um, so you can take comfort that you're the winningest team in all of Italy. But on the other side of that, you guys have all been convicted of match tampering before. So anytime something like this comes up, you know, people are, people are going to say something, but I think it just has to, it speaks more to the quality of the refs. The refs just, it seems a lot of times this year haven't been getting it right. Um, so I think it has more to do with incompetence than like actual, you know, openly pulling for Juventus in this game. Yeah, see, I'm, I don't know. I, I saw it. I, I admittedly didn't watch the game live, saw the replay, and I'm with Marco. I, I thought it was a handball. I think it's a different question, though, if you're going to say we're going to decide a massive game for the Serie A title in the 97th minute by a handball. You know, it wasn't intentional. So do you make that call? It's like with basketball, right? To, to somebody charges through the lane. Are you going to call that to decide the game on foul shots? And not every time, you know, it's sometimes you just let them play. So yeah, I mean it was next to impossible for Dishilio to get out of the way of that ball. Yeah, um, it did hit his arm, but you know, again, what's he supposed to do? Cut his arms off? Right. Um, right. It's supposed to keep him close to his body and behind his back. That's that's what they teach. Yeah, but but to decide a game like that in the ninety seventh minute, I that's don't know. A tough one. It's that's a tough blow. Yeah. So um, yeah, I also wanted Sabaka wasn't happy. Donnarumma wasn't happy with this. Sabaka lost his lost his bleeping mind. Yeah, man. Montella had to hold him back. So you understand the frustration with Milan. I think anyone who's like Tad said, not a Juve fan, you you understand it. But it's well, a you, tough call. And Donnarumma on his head in this game, ten saves. You know, he almost actually gets his hand on DiBala's PK, and just you know, 
I know he's a young kid and he's got a huge career in front of him, but just see like the desperation and heartbreak, yeah. Um, you know, for, for having played the game he did and and to kind of feel at the end of the moment that you got robbed. Um, I'll tell you one thing, as I don't think it did a whole lot of uh, uh, things for Juventus, hopefully wanting to sign him in the future. I think you're developing you know, him being a Milanista as a kid. I think you're really developing a, a deep hatred for him to never want to, you know, quote unquote, sleep with the enemy. Yeah. But that's a good point. I mean, Donnarumma, 10 saves. We're complaining about the ref calling the handball at the end of the match. But realistically, guys, Juventus, 24 shots to six against Milan. I mean, they're treating Milan like they're some, uh, you know, bottom of the table team. They outpossess them. Look, Milan played the game like a young team going up against a big dog. They relied on quick counterattack. That's how they scored. Fouled, they fouled a lot around their box and... Uh, you know, I think Juve had something like seven free kicks or seven set pieces. But Milan could have really used this point uh, because they're currently four points out of Europe. Juventus is able to dodge another bullet and maintains their eight-point cushion despite playing a top half of the table team. Uh, but they still have some big ones coming up against Napoli, Atalanta, Torino, and then, of course, Roma. So yeah, that's I- the third to last game. And... Uh, this season's still kind of wide open. I mean, you yeah. talk about Juve's form in this game and how, you know, Juve's season, and you compare, you know, Icardi to uh, an Iguain who is better. I mean, you got to look at this and say Dybala is playing as good as anybody in the Serie A right now. Sure so we're throwing another Argentinian strike right there. Um, you know, but for Milan, you think about kind of the turmoil be, behind the, the sale of the Chinese and what's going on at their front office and the, basically a freezing spend. You know, for the for almost a full season now, what a pull in Delafoe. Summer girl, dude, that guy can ball, man. <laughs> Sitting on Everton's bench, comes in the Serie A, he's super fast, super creative, and you know, has kind of meshed seamlessly into this team. I mean, just just hats off to Milan for finding that guy. Not a one hit wonder like our favorite band, LFO. Oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> Anything else on uh Juve here with um you know, I know for all the Juventini out there, they're they're gonna think we're ragging on them maybe a little bit too much, but oh, oh, please, yeah. you guys are the best team in Italy. Yeah. So a little bit more news and speculation, Tad. What'd you find? Uh... Well, I mean, just just more of this Agnelli stuff. You know, the funny thing about this is is you have a Juventus Milan game, and uh, it features a team that is having an owner that's under fire. You know, strong implications to mafia ties, um, and the other team is Milan. <laughs> I mean, usually this is reserved for Berlusconi. But, you know, Agnelli, he just can't shake this uh, this mafia tie thing. Apparently he's under investigation, or at least he was named in a report um, by Terravecchio's FIGC that, you know, he's working with the Andrangheta, uh, you know, trying to, they're trying to infiltrate Turin. There's apparently a lot of this going on in Italy where, you know, the Andrangheta, which is the Calabrese Mafia, is trying to get in their claws into uh, uh, to Turin. And I guess what would be more of a symbolic thing than having some sort of connection to the Juventus ticket sales. And so you know, the Agnelli family is denying it, but you know, the speculation is out there. So we're, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. So for the uh, FIGC, mafia ties bad, racism, eh. Yeah, hopefully uh, Syria can clean both of those issues up. Um, all right, guys, so we got Juventus in first place. As we all know, 70 points. They got an eight-point cushion. And we've got Milan down in seventh place with 50 points and uh, doing okay. Up next, we've got Roma and Palermo. 
Uh, we've got a 0-3 win for Roma. That third goal really set it off for us at uh, uh, Curva DC. We we're happy about that. Roma dominate in Sicily to maintain the second position. So, guys, what did you think of the game yesterday? Yeah, no need to be creative with the headline there. Basically, Roma come in, get the job done. Spalletti starts the game with some fresh faces, probably to try to make up for his lack of subbing in the Europa League game. So let's talk about that for a second, because, you know, I'm sorry, guys. I don't want blood pressures to start boiling here. (laughs) Roma in Lyon takes a two-goal lead and then gives up three goals in the second half. I mean, it was just devastating. It rounds off a literally literally a hell of a week and a half. Roma loses in Coppa Italia, then to Napoli, and then rubs your nose in it by blowing the lead in Lyon. The real question here is, why me? And the question could also be, why us? Because you're a Roma fan. Yes. It's pretty yeah. simple. <laughs> Man, I, I, I could have picked Barcelona back in the day. Yeah, that's Seriously. Right. It's not fair. Yeah. How, why every year? Every year is the same time, same time of the year when everything is crucial and you're in three different tournaments and then you lose everything. Oh, oh yeah. Just just a straight bifla. Just a straight slap in the face with a male appendage that, you know, in one week, you, you're basically just knocked out of everything you're trying to go for in the season. Yeah. It's it's really it you know hopefully this this win against Palermo does not put the win back in the sails you know let's just say it like it, they dominate the game they do what they have to do you better win against Palermo you know if Piscata's the chum of the chum bucket then Palermo's the summer intern at SeaWorld mucking up all the dead fish from the feeding pot I mean we got an early penalty appeal Morganella who you mentioned was you know the germ the germ He's bringing back the Amish hoodlum look. <laughs> He's way off sides. You know, still, you're in Italy. You got to complain belligerently regardless of the merit. But look, El Sharawi, this is, this is what I was looking for this game. He comes off. He could have his head down because, you know, Spalletti wanted to put him in the last 10 seconds of the game uh, against Lyon. He gets a tap-in cross from Nangolan, but the whole game, he's just attacking defenders. It's something that him, Perotti, and Salah do so well, and it's it's what we need. Yeah, I'm hoping for more confidence. Uh, I was saying before the game with El Shah, hopefully kind of rebounded and, and starts. I mean, remember last season how good he was at this time of year? I really want to see that back. Well, he needs more playing time, and you know, I think a lot of the questions that we could bring into this past week with the three straight losses, you know, a lot of that's on the coach, These you know, these, these kind of – crappy late or lack thereof substitutions and in some of these games you want to bring on like Perotti yeah. and El Shah in order to get these guys from season and get their confidence up not just you know start El Shah every fifth game against a you know bottom feeding team just to say you did I was saying uh, during this because it was definitely a theme for all of our losses and certainly in this game too for me Nangolan is my favorite player, just box to box and gives the energy. Played strong this game, no doubt about it. Give the man a rest. You're up 2-0 against Palermo. Take him off the field. Why do you keep him out there? And we, we did. We brought it. Who did we bring in uh, instead? Uh, what did Checo come on? Jacko came on. Yeah. Derossi came on. Strootman came on. Yeah. And, you know, he subbed out Sharawi. Like, I don't understand. I still don't understand, despite the win, the Spalletti. The Spalletti subs. I mean, you give Eden Dzeko a, a day off, okay. You know, I mean, he gets on and scores. Um, his classic chest down, left-footed slow roller to the corner. But here's a guy who's trying to 
win golden boot right i mean like how cool would that be if we could have that yeah. like play him the whole game like the rest one of the midfielders we have depth on this team it just doesn't make sense we get one more goal at the end of the game bruno perez he gets his second of the season but i really just want to tip my hat to fazio you know in a game where you know roma can give up a goal off a stupid mistake like a lob into the into the box fazio puts his head on every 50 50 he's a beast Love it. Glad to see it, for sure. Uh, I'm glad he got a goal in this one, yep. And he, we know there's not a single um, transfer rumor about him being bought by another team. I think <laughs> I think he's happy where it's at. And it's definitely a revelation. Um, you know, we, we needed a find. I guess when you're so used to having coconuts dropped on your head, heading the ball is not too bad. But Roma plays Lyon at home this week, guys, and they need to treat this one like the Champions League final. They need to try to win this whole thing. I think Europa League is well within their grasp. Yeah, Roma needs to become Barcelona. Yeah. Oops. Maybe Atletico first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, 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 it's it's not impossible for them to pull this thing out. Um, what I would really like to see out of Roma going into this game, though, is to keep the friggin' ball on the ground. You know, not, not these... These drives, you know, into the box that no one can do anything with if it gets headed away, um, and then there's just the, the the poor aerial passing where guys can't get a touch on it, and we you know we turn over possession you know, immediately. So that, that lack of creativity and guys also, you know, going back to playing El Shaw or Perotti more, our set piece kicking is pathetic. We're almost zero threat to score from from the set piece. So I'd really like to see one of those guys get on and just screw it. Have fun with it. Yep. Let's take it to uh, off the field stuff, guys. Uh, a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation, and we got a new character for the Serie A this year. Um, starting first with some transfer rumors, the never-ending transfer market. Strootman. Some talk of him maybe ended up at EPL. Yeah, I mean, United's back for more, apparently. Mourinho thinks he's going to be the perfect complement to Pogba, or so they say. Looks like they're lining up 40 mil. I don't know, guys. I think I think he sticked with Roma. We stuck with him through two knee surgeries. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, all that Italian for nothing? Yeah, yeah I'm going to agree with that. But he is kind of a prototypical uh, EPL player. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Um, some other weird news. Spalletti. That's right. Coach Spalletti at the second place team, Roma, uh, talking about going to Juventus. Uh, there's rumors abounding about him becoming the new coach up there. What you, what'd you see on that, Ted? Well, I mean, this is, this is the hot topic this week because, well, with the coaching in Italy, because, you know, last week we have Allegri and he's apparently linked to everybody, Arsenal, Barcelona. And I think there's a strong sentiment that Allegri is going to be out if he has an opportunity somewhere else at the end of this year. So what's naturally the next question? Who's going to go to Juventus? And, uh, you know, Spalletti's apparently been linked to this. No doubt in my mind that Juventus is reaching out to a lot of coaches and figuring stuff out, whether or not they're reaching out to Spalletti. But the Corriere della Sera, which is not a sports publication, and you guys also might remember as the publication that first broke the news that, that Fat Boy G was going to Juventus when nobody had him going to Juventus. He says that he has some sort of verbal agreement you know, Spalletti doesn't help the rumors out when they ask him about it. He says, oh, I haven't signed anything. 
which is a very very coy thing. Yeah, and then pulls, a garbage answer. Yeah, it's like, yeah. come on, man. And hashtag most Italian thing ever. You know, he, he's his contract talked with Roma have frozen because his contract's up at the end of this year. And you know, he says, "Oh, I don't want to talk about the contract because Roma might fire me." And you know, I'm doing them a favor. Like, oh no, we don't talk about this. I'm I'm doing you a favor. You know, I could I could still end up sucking. I think everyone's seen what you have to offer for this table, you know, up to this team. So he's being coy about it, which makes me tend to think that if they offer him the job, he's at least going to seriously think about it. Yeah, well, anybody would seriously think about an offer from Juventus. You know, it's a stepping stone in your career, and uh, Spalletti really hasn't been at any huge clubs yet. Think but, about that. But that's frustrating because Roma is the second place team in Serie A. If Serie A is just a stepping stone, you go for go coach at Juventus, and then maybe you'll end up at EPL. I mean, that's just so bad for the league. Like, why is not Napoli, head coach at Napoli, a big deal? Head coach at Roma, a big deal. That that should matter. I think there are two things on this is, one, yes, you would like that competitive fire that you don't want to go play with the best. You want to beat the best. You know, the whole modern NBA versus classic 90s NBA thing. But I think on the other hand of this is, you know, no one's promising Spalletti anything either. And I think one thing that we've touched on a lot this season this year is that, you know, coaches are pretty disposable in the Serie A. Just ask anybody that's been Palermo's coach for the last 15 <laughs> years. Right. So, you know, I think COA could definitely be, you know, in these guys' best interest. If, if Spalletti wants to entertain the idea of going unless Roma's willing to offer him. I mean, look at what happened to Ranieri. Yeah. You know, Claudio Ranieri wins the EPL for one of the most garbage teams in the history of that league, and he's canned the next year. Yep. So I think all these guys know that, man, get it while the getting's good. And if you get a chance to maybe walk into Scudetto, well, but win it with Roma. Yeah, that's right. Punk. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see if that develops. Uh, certainly, the summer is going to be an interesting uh, time for both coaches and players. Let's jump down to. Uh, my native land of Sicily, and the, the podcasting gods have been good to us, guys. Between this and if we get uh, the Zlatan down for Napoli during this summer, we're going to have a very exciting year on the podcast next year, guys. Um, Palermo's new president, Zamperini, let's go, finally, after about 15 years, and we got Mr. President Baccalini. He's got an American father, which we're happy about, and an Italian mother, and uh, what did you guys see with this guy? It uh, looks like a character. Dude, this guy is a headline-generating machine. I mean, look at this picture on social media of him, like, eating a slice of half-cooked pasta with this shirt on. I mean, like, how long was it before this guy gets announced? It's like, all the hush-hush on who's the team president, all this build-up, Zamperini's out. Oh, my God, this crazy reign of terror is over. And how long was it before we saw this guy's nipple? Yeah, exactly. He got that a, was his LinkedIn picture. Yeah, he got a tattoo of the Palermo Eagle right underneath his uh, nipple to kind of welcome him to the team, I guess. So and put that out on social media. So it's already like this guy. <laughs> I I will say, look, if Palermo's not going to get results, we might as well have a crazy owner to bring attention to the Serie A. So you know, hats cr- off to him. Crazy yeah. owner in the Serie A. I mean, you would think like wait in line, and he's like, nah, bro, right. I don't wait in line. I don't I'm wait like, in line. Takes his shirt off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially in Italy too, where you know, like if it's a hot day and you're in town, you can't even take your shirt off in the street. People will mo- whistle at you, mock you. You know, it's very traditional like that. Homeboy is out here 
throwing his nipple around. And then also, like, he's going to be the next dial a quote. Yep. You know, when they're interviewing him, he's talking about spending a lot of money, but they're like, oh, what do you mean? Like, you know, you buying players? And he, the dude actually said, what do you want me to say? I'm going to put on a turban and spend $100 million. Whoa. Yeah, right. Wait till right. the second pre- press conference there, Sean Spicer or right. Donald Trump. Like, right. totally crazy. This guy is buck wild. Yep. Happy to see, uh, as I mentioned, he's an American father, so uh, half American, which is cool for us here on the, on the pod. But he does have big plans. He's building a stadium, uh, wants to b- build a new training facility. So that kind of ties in also with Cagliari and Roma and Fiorentina. So big, big news for Palermo. Marco, how long before he buys Balotelli? If anybody's <laughs> going to do it. If he's going to build a stadium, though, like and do all that good stuff, let him be as crazy as he wants. Let let's spare the racism, but you know, let's let's be, he can be as crazy as yeah, he wants. We but, already have Ferraro. Yeah. But how long how long till he buys Bellotelli? Yeah. Come on. I this would guy, love that. This yeah, and isn't isn't Bellotelli from Palermo? Yeah, but he's not gonna go to Sadia B, so Yep, we'll see. Uh, I think the Crouton Nation is still holding out for Balotelli. We'll we'll, well see if Balotelli that is also <laughs> eternally 24 yeah so we could wait till palermo comes back up next year and then balotelli goes then yep. or will they drop 100 million on the zlatan can you imagine a zlatan balotelli I'm, I'm i'm going off the rails here. Yeah, you calm right. down over there <laughs> yeah. story storylines abound but uh for the podcast paisani out there uh g- genuine uh, request out there if you have any information on this guy we've we've been looking for kind of a bio on him doesn't seem to be much out there. So if you guys know anything more about him, we'd love to hear about hear from you and uh, hear more about this guy, President Bacalini. Curve Americans assemble. There you go. All right, guys. So there we go. We've got Roma, as we know, in second place with 62 points, just behind Juve with eight points to go. And we've got lowly Palermo all the way down there in 18th place with 15 points. Up next, we're going down to Napoli. Napoli playing Crouton Nation of Crotone. They win easily, 3-0. Insigne gets a brace, and Crotone's first-class tour of Serie A makes a stop at the San Paolo. Enjoy the ride, Crouton Nation. That light at the end of the tunnel is looking more and more like Serie B. So like we said, no, no surprises here. Possession 70-30, 8 versus 1 shots on goal. Napoli just dominated this game. Man of the match honors go for uh, Crotone's goalkeeper, Cortaz. Standing on his head, kept it 3 nothing, which is honestly pretty impressive. And so I'll just go straight to the goals, guys. Uh, first goal, Insigne gets brought down in the box. He nailed his PK with side netting. Really great PK finish. Um, and keep it rolling. We got no, uh, In the second goal, he got Hamsik getting brought down near the end line, which is just a stupid foul, but clearly brought down. Merton steps up on this PK. Another side netting, his 19th goal on the season. So maybe talking about him for Capo Cananieri. And then finally, the third goal, we got Insigne taking a chip ball. I don't know what you guys thought. This looked offsides to me in this one. But uh, he settles it, turns, and scores. And that is finito. Napoli finish. And uh, they're in in second for a few few hours till Roma played. But um, they're out of the Champions League, but playing hungry for this title for Serie A. What did you guys, uh, any other thoughts for Napoli? Well, I... I think you you had a misquote on a stat here. It wasn't 70-30 possession. It was 81% possession for Napoli. 81%. Supposedly the highest possession since I think like 04, 05. 
Um, since Nam. Yes. <laughs> since since they, they decided to make the ball round. Napoli controlling 81% possession. I mean, just, just absolute waxing out. They, they, just no chance. I don't think there's really much to say about this game. Uh, the one thing that there is to talk about is Napoli, you know, bowing out of the Champions League to, uh, I'll say, Sergio Ramos, because that man scored another header this weekend, and he scored two against Napoli. It's a shame because, uh, you know, they started both games scoring off the bat. They're such a good team. They just ran into the wrong opponent, you know, and then they, they take a team like this. It's like training match. You know, yeah. we, we've been watching like Roma last year against Real Madrid and Napoli this year against Real Madrid. And, you know, Napoli has the ability to just look amazing. And it's, so, it's crazy to me that, that a team like Real Madrid just has that extra gear. Do you think it's just overall better roster? I mean, what, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, and experience and in pressure situations. I mean, you know, you got a team like Napoli that comes out the gates firing, scoring two sick goals like you know Mertens and Insigne getting their goals in. And but you know, they're this is when you know you have a team with experienced players. They're able to absorb, calm down, control the game, and then score. You know, headers, whatever way possible. Yes, they also have a much better team. Let's say that. Well, Napoli again. This game, you know, now they've beaten a team with Comic Sans. Maybe they'll take it, take it next year, and then, dude, Chris, what's up with your boys, Terzo, man? Yeah. What jersey is that? It looks like a daishiki. It's another minion uniform with the uh, with the neon highlighter yellow, and uh, they rock it with pride. I guess. And then their clashed pixelated sash. I mean, that thing, that thing is rotten in Denmark, man. Yeah, um, just not much positive news here for for Crotone, unfortunately. He's being sponsored by a plumber on the front. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just jump right to the table. We got Napoli in third place, right behind Roma with 60 points, and Loli Crotone right behind Palermo with 14 points. They're in 19th place. Up next, we've got OTFR playing Torino today. Tad, you got a quick turnaround on this game. OTFR take it 3-1. They put a hurting on Torino to go to fourth place. Inzaghi's high on his team. He thinks OTFR could finish in the Champions League this year, and they thinks that they're a season away from competing for the Scudetto. You know, he's just backed up by this because OTFR beat the doors off Torino. And even Mikhailovic, Miha, is backing him up, and he's a believer in OTFR. The opposing coach said they're better. Technical, tactical, physical, tactically better and physically stronger was a quote. And, you know, Fatty Maxi for uh, uh, Maxi Lopez for Torino gets a goal in this game, the single goal for uh, a Torino, and he tied it up after an immobile opener. But then the OTFR stars put it on um, and get two late goals. Uh, to take this uh, uh, the from Keaton Felipe Anderson and 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 OTFR wins this game the way they want to win. Immobile gets his poached goal on the back end. Keita gets his screamer. You know that's s- super impressive. That could see him. You know being landed by a bigger team. And Anderson just gallops in there like a gazelle, cool as a cucumber, and slots this bad boy in. You know, guys. You know, with the, after today, with this run of form, you know, is Champions League realistic for OTFR? Yeah, absolutely realistic. Uh, here is a team that just we just finished talking about Real Madrid going down to Napoli, and then you know, just kind of 
turning turning it completely around, big players stepping up. I mean, you got Immobile, Keita, and Anderson, the three most dangerous players on OTFR, showing up. They 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 concede a goal, but they're still able to keep their heads level because they have high morale right now. They just beat Roma a couple weeks, you know, a week and a half ago, and they're ready to move forward. I think they the with their form and the players that they have, they could potentially get into Champions League. Obviously, I think that. You know, they're not as good as Inter and Atalanta. I'm a little biased, I'd say. But they definitely have been playing very well. Well, their reserves are playing well. You know, Wallace. Where's Wallace? Wallace is here playing good, man. And uh, Lukaku, not that Lukaku, the brother Jordan. I mean, he's been getting on some sub roles and playing really well. 61-39 possession, 23-6 on shots. I mean, OTFR is looking good. And Zaghi made the right subs, he's dealing with some injuries, brings on three guys that, that you know, Mkieta, Wallace, and Lukaku that, that contribute. Yeah, that this part of the uh, table is just absolutely fascinating. You got OTFR, fourth place with 56 points, but all the way down to Milan, just behind him with 50 points, uh, down in seventh. Uh, any of those teams, I think, have a good shot at making Europa and, and, and maybe making a run at Champions. Uh, very exciting wouldn't be surprised if OTFR makes a run for the top three, no doubt about it. They got a little of an uphill battle because they suffered some injuries. I mean, Radu, DeVry, and if one thing you know about DeVry, he's serious about success. Um, and Mihailovic Savic, not Mihailovic Savic, Milinkovic Savic, sorry. A lot of, lot of, lot of meal and Viches going on in this, on this, in this game. Um, now, they went off injured. We'll see, you know, kind of what, what the severity of those injuries are. But, I mean, when the coach... The starters and the reserves are all clicking. I think OTFR can be a dangerous team. Yep. So we got OTFR in fourth place. They got 56 points. And we got Torino down there in 10th with 39. Dude, but your boy, Fatty Maxi Lopez, Mihailovic, <laughs> backing him up, saying he shed some weight and now he's good again. Always, always good to shed weight after the winter months. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys, let's keep rolling. We've got Atalanta and Inter. This was a shocker. This one finished 7-1, to 7-1 to one in Inter's favor. Just stunning. Atalanta uncharacter- uncharacteristically getting thrashed here, but it was done by the red-hot buzzsaw that is Inter. I'm going to go with the main storylines here. Icardi and Banega both getting hat-tricks in this game. I'm going to start with Icardi's because he gets all three of his goals from the, between the 17th minute and the 26th minute of the game. First one, Perisic takes a free kick, finds its way through Atalanta's wall, right to Icardi's feet, and he finishes it. one nothing. Second one is a PK. Atalanta's goalkeeper, Berisha, absolutely comes out and just clips Icardi. Throw the flag. Um, no question about it. Uh, and Icardi responds, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, a chin music here, with uh, he does the kukuayu uh, for the goal. And uh, take that, goalkeeper. And you guys want to, my chief pronouncer, you want to... Cucchiaio. 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 Yeah, said it too fast. So there's the second you're, one. You're battling a cold. We'll, we'll forgive you this week. Yes, Look yeah. at that. I'm on Marco's team now. <laughs> Ti ringrazio. <laughs> the third one is Banega. This one, Banega's taking the short cross, chips it to Icardi. Icardi slams home the header, and there's his hat trick. Dovetails nicely into Banega's hat trick. First one, he finishes a through ball. Atalanta just looking shell-shocked at this point. Uh, their poorest defense. You just got Benega finishing from the top. 4 nothing total here. 
And then a few minutes later, it's the same play, literally the same play, but Nega gets his second one. So the question for you guys is, uh, if you're an Atalanta fan and uh, your team is doing pretty good this season, what are you thinking right now in this game? That Inter is too good for us. We're playing like trash and they're playing their game. Yeah, well, it's one of those moments where one team's on fire, the other team doesn't know what the hell's going on, and uh, you know you just got to take the beating. I think you you probably just try to concede as little as possible, but I guess that plan didn't work out either. Yeah, Atalanta was a point up on Inter before this game, and you know at some point you would say they're not ready to play, but uh, it's just uncharacteristic, I guess. I was shocked that it got bad very quickly for Atalanta. So well, yeah, I mean Icardi scoring a hat trick in nine minutes, and Icardi's the best player on the pitch. And with you know with the balls he was receiving from Kendreva and Benega, uh, and the balls that Benega was receiving from Kendreva, like they they were running wild. Yeah. So uh, Atalanta does manage to get one back. Freuler gets a good one uh, for Ladea, but this is the the Inter show this week. There's really not much to talk about for uh, Ladea. We turn back quickly. Gagliardini gets his one lone goal. He's about 18 yards out and just cracks it for the upper 90. And then we finish the Inter show off with Benega getting his third for his hat trick. This he scored on a free kick, and I still I've watched the replay multiple times. I don't know if it hit somebody else, but as it cleared the wall, it absolutely took a like a nasty spin. No chance for the goalkeeper, and we finished seven one. Uh, Inter's got some serious momentum going right now. Some fairly easy games coming up in the, in the table for them. What do you think their goal should be at this point? Uh, they're red hot. Are they aiming for champions? Are they aiming? Would they be content with Europa? What do you think uh, you know, they're really striving for at this point? If they don't get Champions League, I think they've, they've failed. Because you know, at the beginning of the season, we're thinking both them and Milan, uh, AC, are, you know, they'll be happy with Europa. Just because they're getting back in. You know, they're getting back in the groove of things. But with their history... You know they 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 shoot for they shoot for the stars all the time. Champions League is definitely what they're going to be aiming for here, um, and rightfully so. I mean they just waxed out Atalanta, who was their closest competitor, other than OTFR. I think they're better than OTFR though. So follow up question of that. We've been speculating all this time. If the goal then is Champions League, Pioli gets to keep his job if he obtains that goal oh absolutely yeah i mean i even think if simeone comes calling there that the, the pioli's got to keep it he's got to keep his job that is the golden question though yeah no. i mean this team you know you, you look at this formation they've been running this four two three one lately with just crazy success since gallardini's come come over and you know combining him with Kongdobia, they've really been able to shore up that midfield and bridge you know, protect the defense and go forward, and then this 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 attack of Perisic, Banega, Kandreva, Icardi, you know, it is it, just obviously producing amazing results, and it is exactly the type of attack that they want, guys. I mean, like, how far are they away? What what are they missing to could compete for the Scudetto next year? I mean, a, a Bernadeschi. I think if they can shore up the defense, they'll probably you know they have all the attacking pieces. Um, but maybe somebody like a Verratti, really, like some one star just to, they have some loose ends in there. I think Kondogbia is good, but every once in a while he 
has a bad game, somebody who brings consistency on a daily basis, like Kandreva, but you know, Kandreva can have the game of his life and he's had incredible games, but then they slip up because of a stupid error. And so you need that consistency. So either from somebody in the back or, or a midfielder of some sort. That would be interesting. Icardi and Verratti trying to play together and, and figure it out. Those are two different uh, styles there. We'll well, Verratti better not bring Riri around Icardi. He's, yeah, he's, right. not, he's not above it. Icardi's a jerk, but that guy can ball, man. Yep. I mean, he's, he's, he's right up there with one of the best players in the Serie A. It's just, I can't believe this, how stacked Argentina is if the, he's not just an automatic couple last things for Atalanta. Gasparini, their coach, Lieutenant Colombo, saying they got taught a lesson clearly in this game. They, they got thrashed. Um, that goes without saying. Yeah. But also wanted to, I wanted to give credit to the Atalanta fans. Like They're just having the time of their lives with this season. You would think they'd be upset, and I'm sure they weren't happy about the result. But when the, um, when the bus came back for Atalanta, you could see them like, hey, we still support you. We're still behind you guys. I thought that was cool. Like, you know, they're really behind their team still. Well, when you're hopped up on Borghetti and rolling over cars and tanks, <laughs> life's pretty sweet. Yep. All right. So we've got Inter in fifth place with 54 points. Atalanta right behind them with 52 in sixth place. That'll do it for the top five. Let's take a quick break and start with the middle of the pack. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivered installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Up first for middle of the pack is Fiorentina and Cagliari. This one finished 1-0, Fiorentina's favor. Kalinic, last-minute header, saves Fiorentina at home. It's pretty crazy that there's only one goal scored in this game. I mean, Fiorentina had 26 shots, and Cagliari had 12. But Cagliari's shots were more dangerous, I would even almost say, um, than Fiorentina. Rafael, the Cagliari goalie, had a great game, probably the best game he's had all season. Um, And, you know... It just it all boils down to a, a a stoppage time goal in the 92nd minute that puts puts Fiorentina and gets him three points. I mean Borriello, man, his pile of naked writhing women must just be motivating him like crazy. He must have a couple gems in there. I mean he was Calgary's most dangerous player with a few near misses, and he had a great pass to Marco Sao that went off the woodwork. You know both these teams just just really what couldn't convert, and at the end. Um, one side capitulated on a great pass um, into Kalinic, who, who heads it in, and you only have a 1-0 game, just odd like that. But, you know, for me, the story of these guys now is, is the beginning of the summer transfer rumors and Bernadeschi's future. Um, you know, they, Fiorentina supposedly rejected a $40 million offer from Inter for him. The new contract talks are, have kind of stalled with Fiorentina wants a really high release cause, but feel the burn doesn't want any release clause. He doesn't want to be tied down when he says he's not d- thinking of his future. 
you know, what's the way too early prediction for Bernadeschi's future for you guys? Yeah, it's going to be Inter. Uh, it's going to be Inter or Juventus or one of the big clubs. Um, I know you, you'd like to think uh, that Fiorentina is a big club, but unfortunately they just haven't reached those heights yet. And so if it's not abroad, it's going to be one of the top teams in, in Italy for sure. I'm protesting. I'm protesting. It's too early to be talking about the summer transfer market. <laughs> yeah, they got to be lining up. They got to know he's out the door. I mean, where, where does he fit, though? I mean, does he fit better with Inter? Does he fit better with Juventus? I think he fits better with Inter. Um, because, you know, Juventus at the moment has two starting lineups. Exactly. Um, but, you know, Ben Nadeski, Juve could be uh, a pull. That's one of the things that Juventus does. They take young talents uh, away from other teams in Serie A. That's why they are so good and always winning. So... You never know, but I hope for Bernadeschi's sake, he doesn't go to Juve and he maybe goes to Inter, maybe Milan, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he goes to Juventus, well, he's probably going to be rotating with Cuadrado and Mandzukic, try and get in one of those winger positions, attacking winger positions. Inter is, is, is really interesting to me um, because, you know, if Kendreva, if, if they want to sell him to, to uh, uh, Chelsea... And get you know twenty five thirty million for him, then turn and then just reinvest that back in to Bernadeschi. You're essentially just trading down for a younger model. So I, I think uh, uh, I think Inter could be a real interesting possibility. But Chris is protesting. <laughs> too soon, too soon for the transfer market. The Calgary guys they sign an eighteen year old North Korean four named <laughs> Han Kwang Song. He's actually Calgary's first ever um, Asian player. And he could be the first North Korean in Syria. Um, Fiorentina signed one, but he was released four months later because of allegations that 70% of his wages were going to Kim Jong-un. Yeah. So we got a North Korean, Syria, building bridges across right. the land. The international game. I like it. Yep. Um, all right, guys. Let's uh, go to the table. We got Fiorentina. They are in eighth place with 45 points. And we've got Cagliari. They are in 15th place with 31 points. My pronunciation was fantastic there. It's very good. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Pronunciator. Um, let's go now, guys. We've got the Derby della Lanterna. I love this. Genoa and Sampdoria, one of Italy's oldest teams, playing one of their younger teams. And this one finished 1-0, Sampdoria's favor. Samp grab a deserved three points, and uh, Babyface Killer is the one who gets it done. Yeah, wild atmosphere for this game, guys. If you if you guys had a chance to look it up, fireworks, packed stadium, nothing better than seeing kickoff through a cloud of smoke. Genoa and Sampdoria battle it out at the Luigi Ferraris. Going purely off form, you would have put your house money on... Sampdoria winning the game, I mean, but these derbies always bring the best or worst, depending on how you look at it, in the teams. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. It It takes a special type of fan to enjoy these games. You're you're probably not some random Barcelona fan looking for some quality football and turning on the Genoa Sampdoria derby. These are the kind of games that have passion, pride, and they got bragging rights on the line. That's that's it at this point because they're both middle-of-the-table teams. Yeah, both sides are talking about how like this game is as big as Scudetto for them. So I love that. That's great. 
And really, maybe one of the most surprising statistics of the game is that there's no red cards. You know, <laughs> yeah. They, there's always one in these derbies. I mean, the Roma OTFR games, uh, always. Uh, I, I have to give the tip of the hat to some Doria forwards. Muriel, he scores his 10th of the season in the 71st to cap off a man of the match performance. He was definitely the most dangerous man on the field. Tallied five shots, couple dribbles. Look, Sampdoria should enjoy him while they can because in a year, they'll probably be bringing in Diamanti or Gilardino if they can manage to steal them from Jurassic Park. And speaking of old and gold, Quags himself, hell of a game. I mean, he could have scored a couple times, almost had an impossible trap in volley. All you got to say about that is Quags. <laughs> Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> Guys, both of these teams are going to end up in the middle of the table, but you know this game. This game means so much more than that. You, you said it, Tad. I mean, it's bragging rights until the next season uh, because it's the second leg, and at the end, the Ferra- Ferrero, the the president for Sampdoria, who's infamous for being a loon, he's showing the crazy eyes. He's signaling. He's looking for the Genoa fans. I mean, this is all good stuff. This is what we love. Yeah, Muriel, too. I mean, he said when he scored this goal, um, he'd never felt a feeling like this ever in his life. So even you know, the big stars that Gianpaolo himself thinks that you know Muriel is going to leave at the end of the season, they even understand the gravity of the moment. And you know he'll probably take that to his grave, the goal he scored against Genoa in the Derby, right in front of his fans, you know, putting flares in his face. It's off the hook. I would love that. Great stuff. So well done to Samp and Genoa fans and the Derby della Lanterna. Samp Doria take this one. They're in ninth place with 41 points. Ninth place, guys. Yeah, how about what that? You, what about Samp's chances against Juventus next week? Anything? I mean, Quags. Slim. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, dude, they got Quags. They got the babyface killer. Dude, Schick. Schick is nasty, dude. Yeah, off the razor, that. man. Yep. Yeah, look. I think they're going to get waxed, but, you know, <laughs> could be a good story. Yeah. Well, hey, every single week it's going to be like, hey, I mean, even if even this is Crotone, it'd be like, you never know, you man. You never know, that's just, right. Just take points away from yeah. Juventus. Yeah. Crotone had a good game. They got <laughs> Juve next week. What do you think about that? <laughs> All right. We finish off. We got Genoa in 16th place with 29 points. Keep rolling, guys. Up next, we've got Chievo and Empoli. This one finishes 4 nothing for the Flying Donkeys. The Donks drink some Red Bull and get their wings back. Nice, Tad. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, this game, how do you even pronounce Empoli's coaches? I don't think I've said his name on the podcast the whole season. Martuscello, I mean, he even admits that Empoli are in a storm. This is five straight losses for them. They haven't looked like they have been in a game since they're thrashing, since they, since they won 3-0 a few weeks back. Look, they have no attack. Um, and it, their only really solid player at this point is Skrupski, and he just gets absolutely hammered in this game. I mean, the difference is the finishing, and there's four goals from four different players. Um, Inglese, he Bobby Englishes them, and Policier have goals in the first half, and Birsa and Cesar have goals in the second. Good goal by Bobby English. Always like to see that. You know, and, and the Donks, it's, it's the usual suspects. They got Castro, Birsa, and Inglese being the best on the field. You know, I mean, there's not really more to say about that other than Empoli absolutely is lost out there right now. 
And so much so that even the donks, I mean, the donks are showing early season form when we're talking about a Champions League run for them, killing <laughs> these guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, Rolando Moran says Kieva are just out to have fun for the rest of the season. So, Chris, you got to like that, man. Isn't maybe, that cute? Maybe maybe a little bit of that will rub off on, on, on Crotone, who you thought should be going into that mentality in like week six. Yeah, you got to say, uh, this makes somebody excited. It's got to be Palermo, right? Because Empoli not helping their cause, staying out of the danger zone. They're only, uh, what is it, seven points away from each other. Empoli's got to start winning, otherwise Palermo might make it interesting. The most interesting thing out of this week from either of these teams to me, though, is Empoli's Marcel Bouchel um, was, didn't make this, this week's squad. Because um, apparently he got hammered and was having a big party at his house. And at 4 a.m., one of his neighbors came up and knocked on the door and uh, opened the door. There's a huge party. You know, Marcel there's wasted. And the guy's like, hey, can you keep it down? And Marcel kicks him. <laughs> and this dude's from Liechtenstein. I mean, what the heck from the mean streets of Liechtenstein throwing the late rager attacking? And, and you got to think, too, like. The Italian that's going over there at four in the morning to tell us guy to keep his music down. It's probably like, oh, deal. Knocks on the door. There's an Empoli player, and he kicks you. Yeah, yeah. Tough place to be in, for sure. Or maybe he, uh, Marcel attempted to kick him, and the neighbor took a dive. <laughs> Up next, guys, we've got Sassuolo and Bologna. This one finished one nothing. Bologna's favor. Sassuolo just continued to be Sassuolo, losing to another minion uniform team in Bologna this week. Sass did have good chances in this game and squandered them. I mean, they really should have had three or four goals, uh, and they didn't. And the difference maker was Bologna's Matteo Destro, our old friend, former Romanista, um, with just a simple tap-in, and that's the game here. There's, there's really nothing else to talk about. I still, I've been saying it probably for three or four weeks now that um, Di Francesco's job, for what I, you guys are still buying into him, they, they are not playing well. Yeah, they're terrible right now. Got to say about Destro, though, is he gets the tap in. And you see him celebrate, rips his shirt off, scales the wall, goes absolutely crazy, acts like he... I mean, what is his 100th goal celebration going to be? Yeah. He's, he's, he's gonna, was he going to like dig up a, 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 a part of the earth and take it with him? Is he going to tear down the goalpost? Is he, is he going to demand the immediate capitulation of the other team? Um well, you know, what's interesting about this, though, is, you know, how we always talk about that Destro is he doesn't do anything except for tap it in. You know who set this goal up? Federico Di Francesco. Esubio's <laughs> son. Really? Yeah. The irony in it. Yeah. It's killing me. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, not much to talk about. This is very close to uh, end of the uh, middle of the pack here. We got Sassuolo in 13th with 31 points. And we got Bologna in 14th place right they're actually tied on on, uh, on uh, points. Bologna's got 31. Their goal differential. Sassuolo's just ahead of them. Chris, I see you got your hand on that uh, that shot of olive oil there. Yeah, you know what? Is this getting passed? I'm going to take it uh, for Matteo Destro because uh, I'm coughing up a storm here, and uh, maybe it'll soothe my throat to Matteo Destro. I'm going to rip my shirt off after I take it. How about that? Look at those tits. Marco, that's how you do it without coughing, my friend. <laughs> oh, he called you out, man. It's all right. It's all right. He'll be coughing in about two minutes. Yeah, for other reasons. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's wrap up week 28. We got Udinese and Pescara. This one finished 3-1 in Udinese's favor. The Dolphins get waxed in front of their home fans, Zeman. 
starting to put together his promotion campaign for next season. Guys, I know we agreed to do the pod on Monday nights, and it can be tough at the end of the day before the long slog ahead, but this is just the low point of my day every Monday. Starting to feel like I'm typing up notes that will soon be Pescara's Serie A eulogy, and it might sound something like this in Tad fashion. Pescara, you are a young team who always thought about the little man. You offered free tickets to fans, even offered hospital nosebleeds for the sick. I remembered when you were a young pack of dolphins, hopefully swimming your way to the deep end of the pool. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what. That was beautiful. Let's save, let's, save, let's save it for the end of the season because I think they still have a little swimming left in them. Hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take the dregs of this uh, olive oil shot. We're getting crazy here tonight, at Curve Americans. Um, you don't want to get for, sick, though. For yeah. that, no, no, I, I know how to do it. With it. I, and also, I never get sick. Famous last words. Um, or, or let me let me touch iron, Tocafero. Um, but to that to that beautiful poem that you just did, so Marco. Yeah. Cheers. Here you have another game where Pescara comes out swinging, maybe getting a little too excited. Guys, <laughs> literally passing the ball out of bounds off the kickoff. It was uh, that small action paints. The perfect picture of Pescada, young and eager to come out swinging and getting punished by not taking care of the details. All three of Udinese's hard hitters scored this week. We got the Zap, Jake the Snake, Jankto, and rounded off by HDCT himself. Three goals for three nicknames. Right. Good for the pod. we do it. Yeah. yeah HDCT and Penila, though, uh, uh, those guys got to be looking over their shoulder at the, the new Palermo's tat set, man. These guys are going to have to step up their game. No joke. The worst part about it all is that one win brings Pescara level with Palermo. Seven points from Empoli. So, yeah. Pescara is most likely donezo, but they still have three games against the other dumpster divers. <laughs> Granted, they have Atalanta, Milan, Juve, and Roma in between. So we'll see what happens. Udinese grounding themselves even firmer in the middle of the pack. They are waiting to cash in on some youngsters and start back up next season. How crazy would that be if Pescara digs themselves out of the basement by beating all the other dumpster teams and, and get out? How crazy would that be? This would be free willy dolphin style. Yeah. All right. So we've got Pescara, as we all know. 20th place with 12 points in an entire season. They have 12 points. Oh, boy. Uh, we said nine. Yeah, that's true. Or was that Crotone? We said nine they're, for Crotone. They're both down there, yeah. And we got Udinese up in 12th place with 33 points. All right, so up next is the Danger Zone. But boop, boop, boop. The Danger Zone. Little Richard. But this week we've... Finished off all those teams, talking about them further up in the table. So we've done it, guys. I just wanted to let you guys say Danger Zone this week. <laughs> I, I can't sleep if we don't get to. I can't sleep at night if we don't do the Danger Zone. I thing. literally had no idea we were at the end of this whole thing. <laughs> I just yep. had to do it. You saved me from having to call Marco when I'm when I'm getting into bed, being like, "Dude, we didn't Danger Zone it. Did we miss the last three teams? <laughs> all right, guys. Let's just jump to the awards. Let's start off with the goal of the week. Who is your top scorer this week? For me, it was Banega's free kick. You you spoke to it earlier, but he curled it. It was you know very tricky, very tricky on the outside of the wall, low. Um, Berisha didn't see it, so that was uh, my goal of the week. Mine is Jake the Snake Jankto. Uh, he had a, a beautiful volley, caught it out of the a lob from the opposite side of the box. 
total concentration, uh, puts it, slots it perfectly. Um, goalkeeper had no chance. Got to be Matteo Destro. I took an olive oil shot for it. Tap in goal. God bless him. Let's keep going to the other side of the uh, field. We've got save of the week. Who are your goalkeepers? I'm going to go with Carnesis. Uh, he has a, a goal save on uh, Mitrita. Uh, Mitrita, who looks like what you'd expect if you you know if you pulled off the robes off a Jawa. Uh, that would be him there. And if you don't know what a Jawa is, it's one of those tiny little weird aliens who makes the <laughs> noise uh, that sold C-3PO and R2-D2 to, to Luke Skywalker. So pull one of those robes off and you're going to see Mitrita. Donnarumma's double save in the second half in the Juventus game against uh, Kedira and then Iguain's bicycle kick. That definitely did it, and he had 10 saves. Very yeah. impressive game. Always go with Crotone with Cortaz, but I'm going to echo Marco here of Donnarumma, just standing on his head, had a great game, uh, should hold his head up high. Good game for Donnarumma. All right, guys, looking ahead, we've got uh, Europa Champions League games coming up this week. Marco, you want to run us through those real quick? Yeah, just we got uh, Roma, Lyon. We already talked about that, but I think uh, Roma's going to pull this one out because they're in front of their home fans. They kind of got their tail between their legs, so they got to get a result. And for all of Serie A, too. I mean, if, 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 if they get bounced out, there's only one team in the Serie A left playing an international competition. Yeah, and then we got... Juventus playing against Porto. Again, I think, you know, they got the two-goal lead at Porto. I think they should be able to wax them out at home and move on to the next stage. I'm looking forward to Juventus hopefully playing in uh, the next knockout round. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk coming out of Turin this week that they cannot overlook Porto this week. Porto is actually having a heck of a season um, in the Portuguese league. You know, they're going to go for broke. Um, Juventus just I think they're just too classic of a team to, to fight this one out but it'd be nice to see them get a big win to push that momentum against other teams that are streaking in uh, Champions League right now all right I'm just focused on Roma hoping they can be the new Barca this week looking forward to the game all right guys that'll do it uh, for week 28 in the books well done uh, next time we'll record we'll have passed both the snowstorm of the East Coast and also Tad's favorite holiday, St. Patrick's Day on Friday. So wishing everybody out there uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Be safe out there. And until then, ragazzi, we say... Slancha and arrivederci. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao.